there was uh, a heuristic algorithm that was written. Um, it was the basis, uh, the similar basis to Cliff Notes, but in an automated version of Cliff Notes. And that was put into these little appliances made by a company called Yellow Dog. Uh, Motorola made the processing boards for, um, they were about the size of a CD-ROM and would install them on uh, file servers. And it would index all of the text files and the Word documents on the file server and give them an index. It also backfed upline on all the military contractors. So the original um, Google appliances were these boxes and they were installed in, in large corporations. All the, uh, the military contractors have. Well, that let the FS710 index, index all those documents. Well, in 93, um, I switched over to something called Global Communicator and we were looking at how to do something with people's text messages. Uh, couldn't figure anything out. Um, we used biorhythms and some other things to try to predict employees' uh, sick days and productivity schedules and stuff like that. Um, Cliff, in the interim, uh, working for other people, not in our group, but other people, uh, wrote this thing that was a takeoff from a program called WordNet. And um, WordNet was a Unix program that was able to recognize uh, grammar. Um, it, it couldn't do syntactic, but it could do grammar and uh, uh, noun, verb, noun, identification, uh, sentence structure, um, basically like a correcting program that was used in a, a couple different pieces of software for autocorrect, like uh, you know, spell check and all that kind of stuff. And um, Cliff added to the dictionaries to that emotional values. And when he did that, it jacked the, the relevance of the text messaging sky high. Now, uh, Cliff kept that and he actually still runs that. He does a web spider and the web spider goes out and looks at different like Twitter and you know, popular sites. I think he even does his own program uh, thing. But um, by spidering that, he can take a look at what the reflection and emotion is of the cold. And he's able to get uh, information that way, correlative information. Now, uh, what happened to total informational awareness was uh, a lot of these large corporations uh, were investment companies. So uh, around about uh, 93, 94, uh, they started building predictives for large investment companies and uh, got to work on some of that stuff, not at a detail level, but, got, you know, not programming or anything. I was just doing hardware. And uh, uh, Socrates was made. Uh, Titan was made. Uh, Titan is now Rocket. Uh, so um, Lawrence Livermore has them. Um, uh, the other lab, uh, I just forgot the name of the lab. Help me out here, guys. Um, Oak Ridge, Oak Ridge, Tennessee. They have one. Um, Socrates was up under the auspice of uh, Oppenheimer Funds, was the sponsor for that. Uh, larger, there are nine, there were nine systems that actually did the correlatives. So they would, they would predict the trends, the trend trajectories. 
And then when D-Wave got involved in the very beginning, they were doing iterations. They were just comparing data sets. And they're very fast. So they're very good at doing iteration. So they compare two numbers, two numbers, two numbers, two numbers, extremely fast. And they are, what they were doing was correlating all nine of the trajectory sets. And what that did was give them uh, major correlations. Now, after, um, I'm, I'm not certain of this, but I know Bernie worked on some of this, and I know Tori worked on some of it. I only know Tori worked on it because she said. Um, I know that Bergie worked on it because of uh, knowing uh, Bergie just through happenstance. His uh, landlady was a friend of mine. So, you know, that's, uh, I, I met him years ago. I gave a, a group of artists a, a lecture on, on what the Florida law was on indecency because uh, they were having problems with nude sculptures. They, you know, they wanted to cover up nude, nude sculptures down here. So um, he happened to live on the property that the, uh, the, the group of artists came to, and that's where I met him. So um, he and John Perkins were neighbors, uh, the guy, the economic hitman guy. But um, yeah, it was it was just a, like I said a weird happenstance. Now, um, I had stayed quiet, completely quiet, until Meta launched, and my phone started ringing off the hook. Uh, the telecom guys were calling me up, saying, "Is that you?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he said, "Well, I watched this thing on Total Information Awareness, and it says produced by David Coles, and the the end of it is cut off, right?" I'm like, yeah, well, that's me. That I did that video back in, I think it was 92 or 93 when we were introducing the concept of total informational awareness. And Oscar is the guy talking. He's, he's a friend of mine. He, he worked IT here in the city that I live in. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a, everybody thinks it's like some super, you know, super secret spy thing, like, you know, James Bond shit. No, it's literally just a bunch of guys. And, during the 90s, um, this area down here was really heavy tech. Uh, we had four of the major companies doing technologies down here and 160 small shops. I'm talking about machine shops and, and technological shops, tons of programmers, tons of people. And we floated. Everybody floated around between them. It wasn't like a super structured thing. So, you know, people look for like, uh, like even anybody who goes to ohio uh, if you go up to dayton ohio uh, up by wright patterson um that field back to uh, that field the the area around wright patterson airfield is was you had Litton who did all the radar detectors you had uh like 27 major companies right there by the airfield and then same thing when you go out to arizona uh, you know, on McDowell Road, you have um, McDowell Road, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's in between uh, Phoenix and uh, Scottsdale. Um, there's a large chip manufacturing facility there that's a GSAT. That's a government services and technologies facility. And uh, the trips out, to, you'll hear about Area 51 and S4 and all this other crazy stuff. There's a company called Janus who provides airlift service out to Groom Lake. 
uh, Groom Lake is extremely toxic. So uh, there's a lot of things you have to do if you go out there. Um, it's a radar profiling place. So the stuff that you work on out there is, is usually top secret. It's not nuclear access, but it's, it's usually top secret. And they're very compartmentalized, very hardcore. But the way that you get there is you fly into Phoenix, the, the regular Phoenix, Phoenix Sky High or whatever it's called, uh, High Mile or what, I forget what it's called, the airport there. Uh, you take a cab over to the CB base and you walk down stairwell and get on a plane that has no windows. It's a Janus airline, takes you out there and takes about an hour and a half to fly out from Phoenix. So once you're at the base, you have a specific purpose. You, you know, nobody gets off the plane unless they know exactly where you're going, what you're doing, and you go back. So, you know, that's the most structured I ever saw and, and all the craziness, but uh, most of it was loose. And that's, you know, people can't imagine that. And they're all thinking that it's got to be some, you know, super soldier, super spy, you know, TV version of things. And it's not. Yeah, most of the time there's cockroaches running around the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You you went a whole lot of different angles and down some avenues. Now we've got two things. One, I want uh, uh, what is it, Petunia? Uh, I want to give Petunia a chance to ask that question about common good. Before we get to her, um, are you in contact with Cliff High? No, no, I'm actually, uh, okay. I know people who know him, so I'm going to actually give him a holler and see if he wants to talk about stuff. Because yeah, he's, in, he's in he's in Washington State. I mean, I would imagine yeah. he's within two hours of me, maybe three. Um, and I would, I find him fascinating. I would, I would love an opportunity to speak with him. And um, I, I, I know this spooky world, people can be mistrusting, but as a fellow Washingtonian, I bet we would, uh, we would be able to uh, hook up. Um, yeah. Well, here's him. the thing too, is there's something called boat drinks. Okay. Yes. And, and yeah, that's where it's from. It's from that, that silly movie from years ago, but uh, it is a camaraderie and a lot of the people you meet up with later and you might uh, okay, I met this guy, Luan Lee. Okay, Luan Lee is the uh, another, again, I have like these bizarre, totally freaking coincidental things. So I'm looking for a product called uh, Ebonex. Uh, it's a titanium oxide, uh, a lanthanide crystal. It's TI407. And I find this guy in China who's making it. So we get a hold of him, and he, his uh, sister in law, happens to live in New York City. So he was fine coming down here to Florida to meet with us. So, you know, invite the guy over and he brings his brother-in-law with him. And, and um, uh, three of us are sitting around the, uh, the table and having, you know, the meeting about uh, buying bulk of this material off from him. And uh, uh, the guy I'm sitting across the table from is a guy named Luan Lee. Well, he's the minister of economic development for Kwandong province. That's one eighth of the world's economy. Now, um, I, I wasn't stunned or anything by that. I was like, oh, cool. You know? So uh, uh, we're talking and he goes, you know, what did you do in the service? And I said, you know, I did um, uh, basically signals type stuff. I did telecom and 
we started talking a little more and he was literally doing my job for the Chinese government. So we were technically enemies, but both of us had been out for long enough that we we're like, it was camaraderie. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. And that happens like all the time. Now, some of the, the CIA people are a little bit funky because they do since 92, the people that went in the CIA were all compromised. Um, I've even had people that were unaware uh, come and try to compromise me, like bring stolen shit over here to try to have me accept it and give them a receipt for it so they could bust me for having stolen shit. You know, stupid stuff like that. It's like, I'm not stupid, you know. So, yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing that they do to get people under their thumb. And that's the only way they trust them if they're they have the goods on them, right? And it's just that part of it's disgusting, and that's why that, so that is so gross. Yeah, yeah, that's why they're so afraid. It's in, it's insidious. It eats itself eventually. It just it just yeah. becomes a completely corrupt environment, which is we're seeing the fruition of that now. Now I want yeah. to uh, before uh, so two things are up. Petunia. Petunia, I want you to. I want you to unmute yourself, and then we're going to say hello to MJ after Petunia. She's fine in her mute. You got to Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the button's blue. You, you want to make it green, and then ask him about the common good. I know you wanted to challenge him on that. No, actually, that that really kind of freaks me out that you said common good because I'm like, how did you know? <laughs> how did you know I was like thinking that? So, well, um, uh, y'all, I am so far out of my league. It's unreal. No, you're doing fine. Try to try to remember. No. I know it was a long time ago. It was like 15 minutes ago. Take us back to the circumstance of what he was talking about and what struck you. No, all the stuff, all the stuff, this like whole remote viewing thing that just, it actually kind of trips my shit because I'm, I'm the opposite. You're I'm like the, the sensing feeling person and I, I don't, I don't do the mental thing. It's like You're I can talk to you and I can know shit. So I, Petunia, if I'm in one, your presence, I can tell you everything about you. It's weird. It's weird. I I no, don't get the whole remote thing. Well, don't and it, it don't actually, degrade yourself. It's kind of creepy. No, don't degrade yeah, yourself. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you say it's creepy uh, saying you know something about everybody? No, I like to say I, I know nothing and yet I know everything. So don't, you know, don't degrade yourself. Yeah, no, I think that's even creepy. Just saying. <laughs> you're, ca you're capable of it all. <laughs> but, um, so, but when you spoke up, it was when he said that he doesn't believe in the common good anymore. And you had a gut, oh, you you're had a right. gut reaction. You, he, you had a great right. reaction, so I, I want to, I want you, you, I want to allow you to follow up on that. Because I don't believe that's true. Well, 
the the concept that's used to leverage people into doing things that they know are wrong is that it's for the greater good. And um, I'll give you a, a lesser severe uh, situation. So um, we're doing bypass routes. Uh, what a bypass route is, is it, it's a way to run telecommunications into countries that have tariffs and um, like long distance. If you call Cuba, it's 50 cents a minute to talk to somebody in Cuba and they're listening the whole time. So um, setting up a route to Cuba uh, only cost me about two cents a minute to do it. And if I can keep it up for a month, I'll make about $80,000. Now that's stealing. Okay, that is literally stealing from the Cuban people because the the Cuban government is charging that so, to support the infrastructure. So when you go into these countries like Pakistan charges nine cents a minute and their telephone poles are rotted out at the, at the ground and held up by sticks. I mean, it's just incredibly bad. Now you're, you're stealing when you do the bypass stuff, but what they do is they trick you into thinking, Oh, it's for the common good because you're doing it and selling it to AT&T who's selling it to the Department of Defense or to Verizon who's selling it to the Department of Defense, but you're still doing something that's wrong. See, it's this idea of greater good. And I don't believe in that anymore because it, you have to, you have to hold yourself accountable because these lustful, greedy money grubbing people will use the, the thrill of money you know, making $80,000 a month is freaking great, right? But where's your soul? You know, you're still stealing. And multiply that by 184 countries. That's what we were turning a month. So it's crazy money. Okay, that's, that's actually valid. But that's. Petunia, uh, this is kind of me. I mean, I I don't think on your level. Petunia. And I'm, I'm like the emotional type. So I'm thinking about how you talk all this. I mean, stuff that is so way above my head. <laughs> but then if I ask a question and I tell you why I don't understand it, you dumb it down. So I don't believe when you say it's not for the common good, I think it really is because you it's make not for the attempt. greater good. No, no, it's not for the greater good. The common good exists. That's literally you saw me write it tonight when I was talking about the birthing pains. You know, right. Right. Yeah, it is finding the good in all things. So that just that kind of struck me, and you said that, and I was like, "What? Wait, 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 wait!" I think, you, I think you say different I think things. He's saying he's saying the greater good has been corrupted, uh, yeah. like like all things have. I think Sarah Sarah had something she wanted to say. Uh, no, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just maybe I, I know what you mean, Petunia, because a lot of the things he says, I really have to read a hundred times. Uh, right. A good. A good example is 
it's like, and this is just a very basic example, but at the beginning of COVID, they were pushing the injections because it was for the greater good. Just forget about your opinion, forget about your problems. Everybody needs it because it's for the greater good, but it's not for the greater good. That's the kind of the, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an inversion of what, what really should be. That they've is extremely on point. They've, they've co-opted the greater good for marketing. Yeah, and, and that's how a lot of this, all these things are twisted and inverted. You know, that's why we've got all these things to divide us, and that's how they, they do it. They twist and invert it What to, to, to get us to, you know, buy into it. Mm-hmm. And that's sure. why we talk. And uh, I think we're we're up to saying hello to the host. I, I am just your moderator, but our host is in the building. Uh, MJ, are you free of doing hair? Are you available? I am. I'm good. Thank you, guys. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I saw you're on board. Yeah. Which one? Where you said I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, um, I don't know, I just, you know, I like to be consistent and I've been doing these Friday night cats or one of us has right day for a long time and I just like to keep it going. I don't have anything specific. I wasn't sure what you guys were talking about prior to me getting on. So I'm not really up to the up to the case right now, but if we start another subject, I'd be glad to, to join in. Um, I have nothing to report, to be honest. So you right gotta, you got to tell us about do you actually have like a drive-in theater or an old church or something? You got the, the sign board out on the side of the road. Yeah, What's so I have, um, it's it's a, actually a zoned commercial. It's a property. It, it's my office, basically. Um, my other business is across the street. And it's a, a house that was built in the 50s um, that was zoned commercial in the 80s. And um, I bought it basically to fix it up and get rid of it, but the sign just sort of, mm, I got kicked off of all the social media platforms and I didn't have any way to express my freedom of speech. And I've been using that sign to do that now for about uh, six years, I wanna say. So um, I, there used to be about 35,000 cars a day go by, but now with COVID, looking back, looking it up again, it went down to like 2025, but that's still a lot of people that, um, that see that, so. So far, so good. No one's ever complained. The city's never been there. I've never had a rack through the window. And the house is about, I don't know, maybe 50 feet from the street. Um, Yeah, so it's great. It's just my little place. It's a place where I do my meetings at. Um, You know, and just, I do a lot of philanthropy stuff there. A lot of just kind of giving back because I can type thing. And it's good. Good time. Thank you for asking. Well, no, um, and, no. And I, t- I, I take requests. Know. So if you guys have anything that you want me to put on there ever, I'll be glad to do it. I'm always like, um, what do I do? What should I say? I try to be a little politically correct, but not really. I've had it. Hey, MJ, can I ask a mm-hmm. question? Please. <clears throat> Tonight is the first night that I've actually joined the conversation. And you sound very humble. What started you? Um, on my journey to being here. Is that what you're asking? No, 
elaborate? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure what you were asking. Am I humble? I mean, I'm just a normal person. I just got fed up with all this shit going on. Um, I mean, I've been a Trump supporter for a long time. I, I guess I woke up in 2016, if you like this. I mean, um, and yeah, um, I don't know what I'm doing every day. I don't know what I'm doing. And I fully admit that I'm just kind of going with what the universe tells me to do. Um, you know, trying to make a difference every day, I guess. I've seen this girl spread over sports cars and striking out MFers on the mound. Uh, she is not humble. She is one confident, badass bitch. Thanks, Jay. And I've never even met you in person. Um, but... You're killing me with that, aren't you? <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that, um, Petunia, and I appreciate you being here. Um, Sounds like a road trip. <laughs> right. I've been trying. Um, but is that, I'm not sure what you were asking, but I guess I'm humble just because I'm a normal person. I'm not sure what I, I you know, um, got kids and own a business. So and I've come across, let, let me, I'll, I'll describe one thing about MJ that, um, that I've come across since, since I've gone down the rabbit hole and, uh, and extended my awakening. Like we all think we're awake and then there's levels to this, right? And so I stumbled down a few levels and I always talk about um, Sarah and I, Sarah's free and I were talking about our misdeeds of the past and how we overcome our psychological deficiencies um, to become the people we are today, to recognize our own psychological um, pitfalls, the cycles. If you notice, people typically follow cycles, the same cycle, and they repeat it. And it's up to you to see that cycle and to pull yourself out of that cycle. Well, when since I've done that and I've become much more confident out in society dealing with people, MJ is part of helping me with that. Um, we've actually been talking for like two years now. Well, I've noticed these people that are um, very comfortable in their faith whether they're Christian or whether they're alternative faith, but they're very comfortable within themselves. And what it is with MJ that I've determined is I had to work hard to become a good person and to recognize my pitfalls. And I've come across people like MJ that were just good people from the jump. And she doesn't, she doesn't like to, you know, I, I don't, I don't promote my business and MJ doesn't promote her philanthropy, but she just goes and helps people and young kids, especially, and doesn't seek to, um, doesn't seek to use it, uh, as some sort of badge, as some sort of like walk around shield, like, look at me, I'm a good person. She just is there. Okay, I've said enough. There was <clears throat> absolutely no shade intended whatsoever i'm just a newbie and i'm a first-time listener so it was kind of a get to know you question that's all no Perfect. i i if I there it. was any offense in that no, at, no, all, no. I at all i sincerely apologize oh my I gosh not at all no 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 really this is this is great i'm so glad you're here i I love this. I want everybody to be comfortable here, no matter what. And I took zero offense to it. I, I, um, I 
was hoping that Jade's good at introducing people. And if you don't know me, I'd love to get to know you. So 100% no, know, you know, it takes a lot to offend me. <laughs> it takes, a, so no, no offense taken. I appreciate your, your, your question actually. Um, yeah, thank you. But can I also introduce someone? Chris is on here. Chris, I don't know what he's, what his screen name is for you guys because he's in my contacts. You want to say hi, Chris? Can you say hi, Chris? I can. Hello. Um, Chris is a friend of mine here from Illinois, so I just wanted to introduce him um, because I figured Jay would ask who he is because we always like to know who people are here because I mean I look I look right now at everybody in here. I, I've ever, I know who everybody is in here. I've seen you all around somewhere, um, you know, and I just, I appreciate you. And Chris, did you want to ask any questions or introduce yourself or anything? I would actually like to say that this whole entire conversation is ever since I've been listening, I think I came in a little bit late. Um, I think you guys started at quarter two, quarter two or something like that. And I actually happened to notice it at maybe 12.05, 12.10. So, I kind of jumped in and it, it, what Dave was talking about was absolutely mind blowing. And I would love to get up to speed, um, know very, very little about remote viewing. Um, definitely freedom, freedom fighting Patriot. That's how I self describe myself. Um, that actual picture that is associated with my name, there is a tattoo on my back. Um, proud to be an American and if I didn't have my sight set being I, an entrepreneur uh, in my earlier days, I would have gone in the military. I don't know if that was the correct decision or not to make, but um, I, uh, that's a little bit of a background for myself. And I'm very interested to hear what everybody has to say about everything because we can always learn something from everyone. And especially with this group, you guys are, definitely on a whole nother level than myself. And uh, I would just uh, love to learn more and embrace life. What, uh, awesome. what did you start as an entrepreneur and are you still doing it? I am, I am. I actually started, I, I started a landscape company in 2000 and I'm still currently landscaping. <laughs> as long as my back oh, nice. will allow me to. I actually shoveled nice. 27,000 pounds of dirt today with Two two other guys, completely redoing a backyard. Well, wait a minute. You had to have like a backhoe or a skid loader. You say and you shoveled that at forty-four. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually forty-seven. If you were referring to my age, and okay. no, I have okay. a uh, I have a fourteen thousand pound uh, fifteen yard dump trailer that I can put five yards of dirt in at a time. Uh, yards of dirt are approximately seventeen hundred pounds a piece. So. I was part of a three-person crew shoveling 15 yards of dirt, which is 25 to 27,000 pounds, uh, filling up this backyard, bringing it up level. Nice, very cool. One of, uh, one of uh, the things that MJ and I connect on is her family's entrepreneurial spirit. And MJ and I are very similar in age. You and I are similar in age. I've been uh, in business for myself for 24 years and uh, I guess I started a uh, business before that, but you're in good company here. And Dave, Dave's a serial entrepreneur that he doesn't get credit for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I wanted to say too, because Chris and I have spoken and 
um, we haven't spoken. We've spoken recently, but there was a gap between when we had spoken. So I'm not sure where he's at with, you know, we talked a little bit about the red stringers, right? Like how sometimes, I mean, the way that I look at it, my sort of philosophy, um, we've all, maybe not, maybe not Dave, or maybe you did like 30 years ago, Dave, but um, when you first wake up, we get through these red stringers, right? Like the, the Charlie Wards and the X-22s and the, you know, even Jordan, all those dumbasses. And not everybody makes it through those strings, right? Sometimes people get stuck in those strings with good intentions, but just don't know what to do. Sometimes they're, not, they're dumb and they just don't, you know, they think that those people are smart, but some of us break through those red string barriers and finally like kind of get to where, you know, it's just more of a level of um, how are we going to work together to survive what we have left of whatever this is. And, 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 you know, I'm just, so there's that, are you at a level one to 10, right? So the beauty of it is having all of those levels here so that we get different perspectives. Because even those smart, smart people, right? Petunia, those of us that are more like empathic and more sensitive, right? We, uncareful of other people's feelings, right? Um, we can learn from those other guys and those guys can learn from us because, you know, sometimes, I'm not shy to say, can you dumb that down, please, Dave? I have no idea what you just said, right? Because sometimes I have no idea what Dave's talking about. So, I mean, I'm literally just, you lost me at hello, Dave. But, you know, if I really want to know something, I, I have no problem asking him that. So, but I just thought that's amazing that there's so many people on different levels. But, man, we got to hurry up and speed this shit up. Everybody just has to hop on board. Level 10, let's go. You're, you're like ready to speed things up. I have a question for Dave that's been in the back of my head that's been killing me. And I always said that his uh, avatar, not the one he currently has, but the previous one, it was so familiar to me. And and earlier this year, I spent time in a group, a parapsychological parapsychology group, and discussed uh, EPRs, Einstein, Podolsky, Rosen, um, bridge and interesting things like that. Uh, some people call it quantum entanglement. Well, I swear to you that I've seen that avatar before. And I'm curious, Dave, were you on the X-22 report? I, and it's not a bad thing. Don't don't think of it as like some slander. I actually of all the, the uh, shows I watched. Yeah, he actually grabbed um, something I was talking about and um, it was early. Um, the way that I came to Telegram was um, universe talks to you, God talks to you. Okay. The way yes. that I found that he speaks is multiple people from different places will say the exact same words. And it catches my attention and I have to have to do whatever is said. So um, I was yes. talking with Phil, Phil Guerin, um, General Mc, I can't say his name, McConnell. Mc, Patrick McCrystal. McCrystal? No, no, Mc, McLaughlin. 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 Yeah, I can't say his name, but yeah. Um, I was talking with him. He said the same thing. Phil Guerin said the same thing. And then this individual that's associated with Antifa, um, a guy that does um, uh, Salty Cracker, um, he said the same thing to me. And I'm like, how can wait a second. Okay. So I got to check this out. I didn't even know who Tori was. Okay. I had no clue who, who Tori was at all. Um, I knew who Millie um, Weaver was 
and I knew who Patrick Berge was. And when she released her shadow, I was like, oh, crap, this is out in the wild now. This shouldn't be. I knew who General McInerney was. Um, so that what they said was that you need to look at the way uh, Tory does crowdsourcing intelligence. And it, it was just a bizarre thing to say. The three people from three different places said the same thing. So I came over and I have a Nietzschean philosophy when it comes to uh, if I take from something, I always give back to it. So it's the idea that you don't truly come to the party unless you bring your whole self. Okay, That's the, the philosophy part of it. So um, I was joining in, in in Tori's group and had reached out to her several times. Uh, she was afraid. Um, I did meet Brianna and Jake. Um, uh, that's uh, unapologetic. Uh, unapologetic Christian and Jake Armstrong. Uh, they came down, had dinner with me. Um, but I learned what I need to learn, and I actually don't even listen to the group anymore. I'm not even, I don't post there very, very often. Once in a while, I'll post something. But uh, uh, I was just looking at the way that she was doing uh, her intelligence. She would put out feeders, and some of them would be uh, false, some of them would be true and look at the flow of information that came back to her. And that's what I was learning um, because I had not seen anybody do that with public information like that. It's called seeding is what it's called. So you, you throw a concept out and, and wait for the response to come back and then you can um, sort the response and get a lot of information that way. Kind and I've actually seen, I've seen her channel a little differently since you pointed that out and helped me reach a higher vantage point to look down because sometimes she would put out information that I would call disinformation and I would look at, and I'm sorry to say this rudely, but the idiots in the chat and I would be one of the very few people that challenged it or said something against the grain. And now once you, once you release that concept to me, I was like, Oh, she's like testing the waters she's yeah. she's she's seeing where the data goes she's seeing like where the flow goes within her own community now you misinterpreted my question what i was asking about was uh x22 report which is done by a guy named dave and i'm asking because i know i've seen your avatar before and for some reason yeah, he actually stuck in uh, my head. he quoted me it uh uh, what the quote was is one one of the very first posts. Uh, I figure the way to break the water is just uh, you know do a cannonball. Um, so what I did was I laid out exactly what um, what predictive analytics was and what Q was. Okay, I spelled it yeah. out word for word what Q was, and um, you know of course it got everybody's attention right away because. Now everybody's talking about predictive analytics. Before that, they thought Q was some, uh, you know, the 304th uh, Special Signals Corps, which those guys use it. Um, you know, they thought it was some, they thought it was Trump. They, uh, the guy who actually first started posting to uh, um, 4chan um, was a, uh, a psychologist for, uh, CIA, he had been uh, retired, and he was looking to try to start some kind of a religion. So the very first few posts were uh, him doing it, and then it got taken over. It was 
it was used as a drop. There were drops. Um, they used to use newspapers in the 90s. And then as uh, CompuServe and AOL came online, they would use that. And basically, a lot of the stuff, when you saw convergences, it might have only be one or two words, where you had um, everything pointing at one or two words. So um, what you do is just write down those two words and publish it in the newspaper. And people thinking about it, people you know, talking, it would create a buzz, a background buzz. And that would get rid of the noise in the signal and increase your attenuation of the signal so that you had a clearer picture of what what the analytic was telling you and uh that so, method so Dave, like uh, the to, the, to the detriment of everybody being upset i need to interrupt you how long ago was that first post that you made and i'll say i stopped because this might be an example of these experiments that we're running just in our group as we get to know each other and we are able to discuss these things with trust I'll tell you, I stopped listening to the X-22 report ah, a year and some odd ago. When did you when did you um, make that post in Tori's group? August 19, uh, August of 2021. So, and did he, do you, do you know, did you listen to the show? Did he post your avatar when he quoted you? Yeah, 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 he actually put, what he did was he took a screenshot of what I wrote and put it up on his show and then talked about it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, no big deal. It's all, you know, anything I, we put out here is public domain. Here's so. the, yeah, that's bizarre because I don't, I don't think I was listening. That's very interesting because I don't think I was listening to his show at that particular time, but I might have, I might have been, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I was. So I'm just trying to figure out how I associated that with your avatar. It's just interesting. We'll ju I'll move on now. I don't want to annoy the the general group. If anybody's got a question, I will uh, I will go deep into my head and try to figure this out. I saw that we've got Quid Vicious, and I'm going to unmute Susan ABCD and Lavander Squid. Hill. So if anybody's if anybody's got a question for MJ. Uh, or Petunia, or Sarah, or myself, or Chris G, the man with the giant back tattoo, because in another life he actually was in the military and just didn't do it in this life. Um, holla. Somebody unmute themselves and holla. So, Dave, what you been up to? David 2.0? I've seen you uh, come in. I was like, hey, that guy's like Almost the same uh, moniker. Yeah, our Illinois, he's in Illinois, and our Illinois people always get you guys mixed up. And so I don't know, Dave 2.0's noticed that too, but my group, so I was like, hey, no, Dave 42, not Dave 2.0. And But that his name is not, well, whatever. Hi, David. You got a bike? Say hello, man. M merely, merely a coincidence. <laughs> yeah well yeah, yeah guys guys don't don't Maybe be shy hey dave MJ, i have a question for you oh sorry jay yeah, no worries what uh have you ever heard of or have you ever heard of martin armstrong and armstrong economics he runs that socrates or socrates um program and he does incredible way out predictive and economic Oh, Socrates. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, okay, Socrates. So, I never say it right. But have you ever heard of of him and his work? I mean, uh, he's only the only way that I know of Socrates is um, I'm gonna out her. I'm yeah, you know, I've told her I've outed her already. But um, a good friend of ours that's been a friend for almost thirty years. Uh, she worked with my wife at Banana Boat back in uh, the early eight or late eighties. Uh, is uh, was the um, vice president of research and development for Oppenheimer funds. And uh, Lisa um, ran um, the queries for Socrates uh, for uh, the investment firm. So she interfaced with Armstrong. I just know from her mentioning the name. I don't know the guy's work or anything, uh, but they were the sponsor of Socrates up until um, that company was purchased a few years ago by a large insurance company, and uh, Socrates became an HR uh, platform. It's a human resources platform now. So, okay, uh, yeah, this is totally different. This is all uh, economic forecasting. And yeah, I mean, that's he, what that, that's what Socrates was while it's what it Oppenheimer was. was sponsoring. Still, yeah. Okay, that's interesting because he's Sarah. Uh, just never mind. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. No, Sarah, I love you. I love you, and I just have uh, more proof. I have more proof. I I have more proof of you and I and our connection. Because every <laughs> time Dave mentions Socrates, uh, with predictive analytics, I think I think I want to ask a question about Martin Armstrong and is he talking <laughs> about Martin Armstrong's AI and his Socrates program? And it might be it might be a, a split off. It might be the same thing. Um, That's what I, that, I, I don't, I, I'm curious too. I mean, I don't know. There's something, uh, he's, yes. he's, he's, he's on it. He's big time. And so the, the, yeah, I don't know what the connection is there, but there's something. Your question was dead on though. Thank you for, I never, and I always wanted to ask it. So that's amazing that you chimed in to do it. That's just amazing. Yeah. So, the, uh, um, the data sets that come off from there were, um, were not easy for people to understand. So um, uh, Oppenheimer had actually set up a whole division of uh, their investment funds uh, to analyze the information coming and uh, create reports for their customer base, their subscriber base. And um, uh, Socrates was freestanding, but they were contracted by the Oppenheimer firm. And Dave, uh, usually we give you you to do's to do i'm going to take on a to do i'm going to look up a, a good easy link to martin armstrong and his socrates um ai program i think um, it's the to same share thing. with i think it's the same thing also because uh i mean when you're talking about insurance you're talking about uh analytics you're talking about all the things that that would have been um i and i i would imagine it could be spun into some sort of human resource program yeah, see, Rocket replaced Titan, and Rocket is uh, two orders of magnitude faster. So, you know, a lot of these older systems, there's a lot of hardware involved in them. So they they don't get turned off. They just get, uh, well, in the case of Titan, Titan was disassembled, but I imagine somebody's going to put it together someplace. Uh, these are big, big equipment, big iron. So.
Uh, anybody see my post today about a Hillary's server? I missed it. What was it? Well, um, again, totally coincidental. So uh, I'm working with a company called Frontier Telecom, uh, Northwest Frontier Province, uh, Pakistan. Um, we supplied uh, internet and telephone services uh, into theater in Afghanistan, in Bagram, Kabul, Jalalabad, uh, Peshawar, and Islamabad, and uh, ran a fiber up from Karachi. Um, so I put together a server back in 2010, and uh, we shipped that server over there. Um, fairly stout, uh, not tremendously large, uh, but uh, in a supercomputer level. And we had virtualization on it, so we could run 1,024 different uh, uh, virtual servers for clients. And uh, my partner uh, was Mamin Asim Khan and his son Asim Momin Khan and Fawad Khan. Now, um, uh, Imran Khan is the youngest brother of Momin. And... Um, uh, Fawad had started a, uh, a virtual uh, open source version of BlackBerry, and he got a contract uh, to supply uh, IT services. And he hired uh, uh, two guys from the neighborhood. They're, you know, it's a very affluent neighborhood, by the way. Uh, Peshawar is like all of them are billionaires. Um, the Awan brothers came over to the United States and were the IT guys for these services. So uh, when the Wanawan brother died, he died down here in Boca, uh, washed up on the beach outside of uh, W. Wasserman, Wasserman, Wasserman Schultz's place. And uh, the other brother freaked out, uh, went to the bank, tried to get his money back out of his house, uh, did a bank fraud, got busted by the FBI, and he's sitting in jail. Um, uh, Hillary's server was sitting on the ground in Peshawar. Now, uh, interesting thing was on November 9th, um, somebody took our switch out of Frankfurt. Uh, we had a, a port relocator uh, in the rack in Frankfurt, and I've pinged it. It's gone. And I don't have, uh, I'm not working with these guys anymore, but I still had all my credentials and everything to use the, uh, uh, the VNC, you know, the, uh, I could pull up a window and actually log into it. And uh, it's not there. So whether uh, they continue to, what happened to it, I'm not sure. But the server was sitting in Peshawar. And I actually had pictures of when we built the thing and sent it over to Peshawar. So I, I posted those today. I thought that people might, because I think Tori was asking, where's the closet that it's in? Yeah. Uh, with telecom, um, very, very seldom are you actually in a knock center? If you are in a knock center, you're in a chain link fence. You know, you're back with stuff stacked all crazy. And all the pretty guys are up front with their, you know, Windows uh, help desk running on $10 million worth of server hardware. The telephone guys have maybe 100000 in the back, you know. So, uh, Dave, Dave, let me interrupt you for a second because I want to catch everybody up just in case they're not familiar with Spygate. Russiagate scenario centric because this is we're talking five six years ago now 
the Awan yeah. brothers were huge news. We're talking about um, Hillary Clinton's server. We're talking about the DNC, Democratic National Committee. They used the Awan brothers. We're talking about crowd strikes. So think about these key words to jog your memory back then. Washman Schultz, her laptop was taken by the Capitol Police, uh, D.C. Capitol Police. And uh, it was a big deal at the time. Another one of these laptops that was taken that had never has never um, come to fruition, if you will. So, but he's talking about the Awan brothers that he worked with. He's literally talking about Emron Awan, the guy who is the IT guy who um, facilitated treacherous behavior with the DNC and was the guy who facilitated Hillary selling State Department secrets through her server. Um, well, Dave, I what hope they I did was they were overstepped. They left, they let the channel open for a repeater. And what a repeater does is like if you in when you receive email, it's called an SMTP. And the SMTP is queried by uh, either POP or IMAP servers to capture the email that's being sent. Now, what they did was they didn't lock it down to one particular instance. They had multiple instances of IMAP servers, which would mean that anybody could add another server and get all the email that was coming in, you know, just create fake accounts and they're, they're a server. So, and it would copy, it wouldn't like delete them from your original. So there, there was some hokey stuff, and that's what uh, I, I think he approached them on it, and that's why he's not alive anymore. But it scared the hell out of everybody. Now, uh, who's not alive anymore? Because the last I picked up this thread, it's another one of these threads in American history that you would think uh, would come to the to the fruition where we reach some sort of culmination, but it never did. Emron Awan actually won a lawsuit and receive yeah. money from the federal government, even yeah. though all of this is true. Uh, you're saying the brother, not his Emron. younger brother. Yeah. His younger yeah. brother died. He was out here on the beach. They found his body uh, like 200 yards from uh, Washington Schultz's property. Yeah. Just amazing that these things like, like that's how bad our mainstream media is, is that this we're talking about fantastic spy novel stuff that just gets washed washed into the history bin into the dump bin um after a week or two and you know we're called kooks for bringing it up years later because it was never resolved and emron awan wins a lawsuit in the end which is just bizarre in itself i thought he was still in jail though because he did try to defraud the uh the bank I'll have to look into that. I thought he was free, won that, um, won that lawsuit, won that money from the federal government. Um, yeah, I wasn't they, aware they that legitimately. I mean, we were GSET. I mean, we were not. You know, I didn't have the contract, but we were we were primary contractors. I mean, there was no reason. You know, there, everything was copacetic. You know. Yeah, in, in terms of what you mean is um, I might be saying Emron Awan as like this nefarious character. Uh, I was associated him with uh, Pakistani secret, um, secret like their, uh, what is it, ISI? 
I always, I always uh, associated and him that's with possible. ISI. That, no, that's, you're, no, that's possible. actually possible. Yeah, because what you're, what you're saying uh, is another possibility is he's just an IT guy running routes like you were, and the yeah. the the all of the bad nefarious stuff was the fact that they were leaving um, uh, state secrets open for the uh, for the takers. Yeah, yeah, and Obama did the same thing, and it, I mean, like, it scared the hell out of me. At, when that happened, because that was uh, um, when he did that, um, the personal information files were taken. And, you know, like there's a picture of me on the wall in the customs office in Bolivia. Okay. I can't go into Bolivia. I don't know what it says, but I, I was told by people, hey, I saw your picture. You know, said, so, you know, it's like it, it. I think there were a bunch of people in China got killed over uh, Obama's leaving the uh, the back door open for China to get the uh, personal information, personal information identity files from. Uh, there were like 1.4 million uh, people that were compromised by that. And that was back in 2008 or 2009. And it, it just falls into the memory hole. Nobody remembers this stuff. Makes me nervous. Yeah, and it's frustrating because of how many things continue to happen in our country that literally fall into the memory hole, and yeah. the people, I, I the track people get a lot away of with the it. Problems, a lot of the problems that we've had with our intelligence agencies, back to the people who were brought in by um, oh, what was the guy's name? Um, he was in there for over 30 years. Um, he, he brought in George Bush Dulles. Sr. Dulles? Uh, what, uh, Alder James. Alder James. Okay. Yeah. You know one of the uh, little fun factoid in, uh, in history? Uh, do you remember the guy who in uh, Black Panthers who said, uh, by any means necessary, uh, Gregory Benjamin? No, but go ahead, sir. Yeah, uh, Gregory Benjamin was the right-hand man to uh, Malcolm X. And uh, he's the one who came up with the black power hand signal and all that. Uh, Gregory Benjamin was actually the first FBI agent that was brought in. And he was trained and sponsored. He reported directly to George Bush Sr. He was the first black FBI guy. Wow. Wow. So. Yep. Uh, we, we might think that uh, these problems we're having with the uh, Whitmer setup and with the Capitol, uh, we might be thinking these are modern problems. But what you're pointing out is, uh, is that the feds have been at the center of, uh, of these events for a long time. Yeah, like I was saying, it's like five criminal families that are, are roosting on us over here. Um, you know, five of the, of the 13 and um, you can see them. I mean, that's, that's the thing that bugs me is to me, it's obvious. Okay. Uh, like absolutely obvious. And how these people still walk around every day is just amazing. It, it just, you know, we got this guy, um, uh, over at the world economic forum, all, all those people meet there. Right. Yeah. You're talking about Klaus Schwab. You're talking about yeah. Davos. Go ahead. Yeah. Sir. What kind of security do they have? Yeah. <laughs> Min minimal. It, it's not even that. It's not even that robust. I would imagine 
that they have very good data security so that um, they know who's coming in and who's where. So I would imagine that they can um, stop things. And uh, so in other words, uh, a supposed journalist like Jack Pro Probasek, whatever his name is, uh, goes over there Pasobic, and they make yeah. a, yeah, Pasobic, and they make a big deal about him being questioned, right? Well, he's not gonna do anything. I think that if anybody, if like, let's say Jay Fratt were to go over there, I'd probably be flagged. I would probably be, you know, I, I wouldn't be allowed in. It'd be, I'd be too much of a, a wild card, an unknown. Um, but I'm not sure. What, what do you think? Like, th do you think their security is stout? Do you think it's not? What, what, I, I what's just your can't opinion? imagine. I mean, even even my dog asked me, what kind of security do these guys have? You know, they're, they're pushing all the buttons to get themselves killed. And yet they're still around. So I just threw a picture up there of... Uh, of the Pakistani server on the chat. So you get a kick out of it. Who is it? Who is in the reflection? That's me. <laughs> is that a great picture? Okay. Now that I zoom in, I can see the resemblance, but you, you yeah. look, um, you look far more Middle Eastern um, or uh, or Asian, uh, like you you look you you look like a different ethnicity than in your normal photos from the yeah. distortion yeah. of the reflection. No, no, it's not the distortion. I I, uh, I actually did look more. Would, that's uh, uh, if you saw my driver's license, you'd crack up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I blend really well. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, an ability. I look it's so very much cool. older now. Is what it is, you know. Except for being a giant, it's hard to blend when you're a giant. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a. What's fun is when I go in for suits. You know the the yeah, the haberdasheries are always the, you know, they're going to go pull one off the shelf for me. Now, try this one on. Yeah, no, it's going to rip the back out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you have the barrel chest size? Yeah. No, in that in that photo, I was actually in uh, full-on uh, end-stage kidney failure. I weighed 315 pounds there. That's before I had gone into uh, protein wasting. So I was huge. Yeah, I had a big old belly on me, and it was all water. But, uh, that, uh, yeah, it was a lot heavier at, at that time. That's around, I want to say, 2008, 2009. Let me take a look at the exif data it told me. Okay. Yeah, it said, yeah, that one's from the, the backup. So it's everything on the backup saying 2019. I think it's just, I'm still just blown away that you've come to this community um in in a selfish way you've come into my life uh the forest gump of military civilian intelligence where you can like give first-hand accounts of the Ron awans of the world um motorola going back you can give first-hand accounts of uh, the fact that the seidel dominion machines are all made in the same facility you're like hey guys oh, yeah. they're all they've been made here from the jump they, you, they may switch names switch companies but they're still made in the same place um just 
the the fountain of knowledge that you've uh, that you've demonstrated and been able to give us with firsthand accounts is fairly ridiculous, uh, implausible, and uh, the magic of the universe. And and I just want to thank you once again. Uh, uh, it's since, always since Fra- it's, it's since Frank thing, Castle, yeah, we had to have our Frank Castle we have moment. To get, the, the big thing we have to get beyond is this concept that um, everything is so structured. And, you know, I was talking with, with the wife today about that, too, is that um, um, it, it really isn't. And that's, you know, I, I think about some of the experiences and, you know, going places and walking out there and realizing that I must be in charge because nobody else knows what the hell's going on, right? You know, uh, yeah. you've, seen, you've seen me say that, that if you walk into a room and you can't find a leader, it's you, right? Yeah. Uh, Jay, you've so, said that, you've okay, said that before, Jay. You've yeah. said that before. So, so then... Um, if I'm a good person and um, I want to do good and I, and I weigh um, selfishness versus, I don't want to call it common good, but, but let's just call it progress, right? Then what has happened? Um, do you think it's these criminal families, these factions that you talk about and the bloodlines? Like, for example, uh, Peter Strzok, uh, Tori talks about this. Peter Strzok was, uh, Peter Strzok Sr. was over in, Iran doing funny business with the CIA with Obama's mom. And then here we have Peter Strzok Jr., who is counter intel running. Now, hold, on, hold on for a second. Ann Dunham was still working? Yes. Um, she said, uh, the, so Peter Strzok Sr. Um, in Iran, I'm, I'm thinking this was uh, late mid 70s. They were supposedly setting something. I'm sorry, it's not coming right to my brain, right to my memory. But they were over setting something up in Iran. Um, in with, 70, uh, around 75. Around 75. Oh, so mid 70s. With, with I had Donald. the perfect person to ask about that too. And, and she passed a few years ago. Uh, Marge. Yeah. Um, Marge was Johnson's uh, OSI officer, the, the woman who took care of all this stuff. That is so bizarre. And she's She used to live directly behind me. She was, uh, I have an acre behind me. She was on the other side of the acre. My backyard. <laughs> I'm yeah. starting to think part of the PSYOP is telling the rest of the country that down in Florida is just a bunch of drug addled zombies. Seems like there's a yeah. lot of important shit going on in Florida. Okay. So at the end of my street, I have the, the guy who is the, uh, okay. I have two postal inspectors on, on the West side. I have um, on the corner on the east side is he is the construction director for Sikorsky for the Black Hawk helicopters. Um, we've had, uh, well, right now in 24 homes, there are 20 uh, former federal employees. Oh, wow. And, but, but, let, let me get back to my point, because we were talking about the degradation of morals within these structures. 
And you're talking about the factions, the five factions in North America that are basically uh, duking it out, making uh, partnerships, controlling the structures. I pointed out bloodlines and nepotism, uh, just pointing out Peter Strzok Sr. and Peter Strzok yeah. Jr. Apparently they have something to do. I haven't been able to go down this research hole. Um, I tried at one point, but it just didn't happen. But apparently they have something to do with Bell Helicopter out of Ohio, I think. Um, uh, this is going back to my Pizzagate research days, or maybe Q. Anyways, um, Peter Strzok then becomes counter-intel. He's in the FBI, but he's really CIA. Um, I, I don't really see any way that we're, we're going to get out of this mess. I, I like what you say about just just ignoring the system and creating our own parallel structures. Because if there is any white hat organization, I'm down to the last the last thread of research I can do is the potential that the Army of Northern Virginia is like a parallel structure to the CIA and they have they have people in all kinds of organizations like the CIA does, but for altruistic uh, patriotic reasons. That is a complete pipe dream made up by myself. But if we say it into reality, then maybe maybe it is so. What what do you, oh. Dave? Can you tell me? I've never asked anybody about this. It's just this. It's all research ends with the Army of Northern Virginia as the most secret, <laughs> the most the most clandestine organization. Sir, what can you share with me who? who has come to many ends of rabbit holes with the it's army of gonna Northern be a, Virginia. It's going to be a little bit of a doubter. But, um, Motherfucker. Okay. So um, I got my my passport and all in 93, all delivered to me all at one time. Okay? And I renewed it. And um, it has a, a number stamped under my image. It's like hot embossed into the, the passport. Um, so... Uh, I decided I was going to pick up a, uh, a shotgun, um, you know, just for the house here. And um, so I went ahead and ordered it online, went to pick it up, you know, let the, the FFL guy know. And he goes, well, give me your code. I'm like, what code are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. And he goes, uh, it says you have a code. You know, he's in the NCIS. And I said, well, he goes, you have your passport? And I said, yeah, I have my passport card. And there it is. It's on my passport card. Uh, there's a code there. Uh, it's an E21 code. And uh, uh, he goes, oh, okay, so you don't have to wait or anything. You can just go, you know, pick it up right now and go. I'm like, cool. You know, no seven-day wait or whatever it is. And uh, the next time, um, they had forgotten to put me on the guest list over at Mar-a-Lago. And, uh, you know, I'm not a member over there. It's freaking... 150,000 a month or some crazy shit, but it's, uh, so I showed up and I'm like, you know, well, do I need to call them or what, you know? And the guy says, uh, you have your ID. So I just, I, my wallet, I have both, you know, my passport card and my, and my driver's license. And, you know, I flipped it out for him so he could read it. And guy jumps back, salutes me and waves me through. I'm like, cool. Okay. So, uh, Evidently, um, because of appointments I was having over there, they had actually pre-cleared me and everything. But that uh, that passport card uh, gives you access. Now, what I was going over there for was to offer my services. Um, 
I have specific skills that, and I'm not talking about like, you know, I'm not Rambo or any crap like that, but I have telecommunication skills that could come in very handy. And I wanted to talk to him about uh, uh, setting up comms is anytime you're under attack, that's the very first thing you do is set up secure comms. And uh, when I got over there, uh, my impression over a six month period of dealing with them was that it was feckless. And as far as we could tell, uh, there was no plan. The plan was us, not me personally, I'm talking about the people. And um, they were talking about, you know, getting popularity and uh, social media um, influencers and all this other crap. Uh, I didn't see any secret Trump and the Patriots or any signs of it. Now, um, there are a lot of interesting people that are associated with them, but uh, not not to where I could see any structure like that. And what the guys and I come to realize is that, you know, we might be the plan, you know, uh, and there is no plan. So kind of disappointing and, you know, but like I said, if you walk into a room, you don't see the leader. The leader is you. Yeah. So that's okay. I've been, I've, been, I've been trying to get I, these columns up for ever since. I appreciate that, and I, and you've said this before, and I do appreciate that. Um, you have far more experience in these clandestine worlds than I do, as just an average citizen who's poking around, poking around with human intel and and very basic in, internet research. But I have come back to the Army of Nor Northern Virginia several times in my research as some sort of dead end that leads to this uh, organization with some secret mystique. And your, your answer went right to the Trump administration. But do you have any experience or knowledge? Have you come across anybody who would speak about the Army of Northern Virginia? Um, I, I know nothing about an army of Northern Virginia. Um, I would think I would. Um, I did have duty station there, so I, I most likely would have seen it, but no, I hadn't seen anything there. Okay. So my, I'm not talking about recently. I understand I'm talking about, uh, 79, 80, 81. Yeah. I have a yeah, question. Uh, Go ahead. Go. Okay, so Dave, did I actually hear you say when you went to Mar-a-Lago, you saw no leadership? Please tell me I, I miss I misheard that. Okay. And now, Actually, when I say feckless, um, what I'm saying, sorry, hang on. go hang ahead. On just a sec. Jake, I don't get your line of questioning about that army at all or what part they actually have to play. Not being snarky. I just no, don't no, not at all, not at all. Let Dave go ahead and answer feckless, and then I'll 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 answer why I was going down that thread of logic. Well, 
uh, well, meaning effectless is ineffective. Um, what I what I witnessed, and a good again, it could be you know that could be a, a charade or whatever, but um, I witnessed a bunch of people who were very much incapable of continuing to make the money that they had, uh, all trying to figure out angles to um, get more money to keep the money they had. Uh, that's a common problem when people uh, become wealthy very quickly. Um, they don't often they don't have the talent. Uh, for instance, if you have twenty five million dollars, you got to make two million dollars a year just to keep what you have. So, do they have the talent themselves to make that two million dollars a year? A lot of times they don't. And what happens is that pressure makes them uh, very cheesy. I mean, they're they're looking for a quick buck and you know it's it's unfortunate but that's that literally is the way uh i perceived a lot of the people there and people that i had great respect for prior. so when i said effective leadership that's what i'm talking about is that okay so that. you were actually speaking to the traders not yeah, I'm, I'm speaking to not people. Trump yeah. himself right his surrounding club members yeah understood understood yeah yeah, now uh, we did. Uh, I did get the opportunity to ask him one question, and uh, the answer, my question was, "Are you still fighting for us?" And uh, the answer was an unequivocal yes. You know, absolutely he is. So, but to what level of effect that that can have, I'm not sure. I, I just did not see. I did not see the people surrounding him being capable of doing the types of things that I thought would be necessary. And that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah it sounds like a, a lot of marketers, a lot of uh, self-impressed, uh, selfish, self-interested marketers is what you came across. Yeah, if I, I call them directors. Could, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you for yeah. the clarification. Yeah. And, and uh, Petunia, I keep muting you, and I don't mean I, – I want you to speak up whenever you want. But we're getting horrendous feedback from your microphone. So if you could mute, if you could unmute to talk and then mute when you're done, I'll, I'll stop muting you. Okay. So uh, to answer her question about the Army of Northern Virginia, um, just in my research, the last several years, whenever some uh, several times when I've gone down threads uh, that involve uh, the military. A lot of threads lead to NRO. Davis participated in NRO, National Reconnaissance Office. Well, National Reconnaissance Office is a very large organization with a lot of missions, a lot of people. There's a secret group that I come across because we're all diggers. We all like the intrigue of bloodlines and secret societies and things like that. Well, I like... I'm always positive thinking, and I like to try to follow positive threads. And when I've gone down threads seeking these secret positive organizations, I have ended up at a dead end several times at something called the Army of Northern Virginia. And I am a layman. Whoever is listening to this, I have no knowledge whatsoever, but just some dummy in Washington that stumbles upon Wikipedia pages. But 
if you Wikipedia Army of Northern Virginia, it is a real organization. And what's strange about it is, even though I've come to dead ends of research on the Army of Northern Virginia, you never have heard of it. Nobody's ever heard of this division, this whatever you want to call it. And the only way I've been able to conceptualize it in my head, and again, when we've talked with Dave over the last weeks and this year, we, we all introduce interesting concepts and we can discuss things like perception and um, the ways that we can manifest things through our thoughts and positivity or negativity. And for some reason, I have this thought, this thread in my mind that the Army of Northern Virginia could be this super secret CIA mirror so think of a coin cia is on one side of the coin and uh the uh the army of northern virginia might be on the other side of the coin and they so uh, a lot uh, let, let me give you an example everybody's heard of the dia defense intelligence agency well it's a very large agency and everybody likes to romanticize about the dia coming to save the day and coming in well, in, in fact, uh, we've witnessed and we've seen threads of logic that the DIA uh, it might be as corrupted as any particular organization. For some reason in my threads of research, I've come across the Army of Northern Virginia and it always leads to a dead end. And I've never seen any information that um, describes it, its members, what they're doing, nothing it just i always seem to come several times i've come to a dead end of research at the army of northern virginia i have no specialized knowledge beyond that i hope i explained it to petunia's um satisfaction anybody ever hear of a place called greenbrier Uh, yeah. The name is the name is familiar. Oh, who said yes? Quid vicious. Say, say, uh, tell him. What have you heard from Greenbar? Huh? Um, Troy showed us a, a video of Greenbrier. It was an underground base, and now it's turned into, um, well, let's put it this way: they probably only told us what they wanted to let us know. So, um, but it's been repurposed as. Um, in part as a repository for records. And um, I think some communications down there, but it was built back in the day, like in the fifties, when the hotel was actually built, that it uh, was their bunker in, in case of uh, any kind of threat. It's the Next. congressional evacuation bunker up until 1991. Yeah. Uh, it was Dan Rather who blew the cover of the place and it uh, was decommissioned as a uh, congressional bunker. Um, there's a train, and you guys talk about you know, super secret underground stuff uh, that takes eight minutes to go from. See, I, I can't. Uh, it goes from DC to uh, the basement in Greenbrier. And uh, uh, 
the train doesn't Can I run interrupt you for just a second, Dave? I apologize. Um, Jay, just keep that train thing in mind. So when he's done, I have a, a thing about that. So anyway, Dave, yeah. sorry. Continue. Uh, when I was uh, telecom control, and I was one of the TV repairmen at Greenbrier. And uh, on the weekends, we used to go into Elizabethtown uh, to go uh, party, meet girls, that kind of thing. And uh, we would take, uh, the train would be tested uh, four o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning after, you know, Congress had recessed for the weekend. Um, we would take the train in and they would run the test on the train over the weekend. Uh, if you weighed the same as one of the congressional members, you could take the sandbag out of the train, get on and take the ride into town, make sure that you made it back in time to take the train back on a return trip. Um, so we used to go party in Elizabethtown at a place called uh, Safari Club. Um, yeah, interesting thing, they had like Playboy Bunny girls that were dressed as giraffes and zebras and all kind of crazy stuff. But uh, fun place to go. But that facility, um, it, it, it functioned as congressional bunkers. So it was a COG facility. Now, that's the only thing I can figure there would be anything to do with um, Virginia, but that's West Virginia. That's not Virginia. Right, have you guys ever seen it? I put a link up to it in the chat. It's no, I think that I think that Quid Vicious did an amazing job uh, filling in from my memory because she's exactly right. Tori has told us about that. Um, we've heard about that. You, Dave, you pointed out Dan rather exposed it. Um, Quid Vicious, what what did you mean by trains? And just before before you start, Dave, um, conceptually, I'm not. Uh, for example, CIA has um, what is it? Langley, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't know if Army of Northern Virginia, um, I believe they have a base. Um, I'll have to, I'm not near a computer right now. I'm making myself a drink. I'm, I'm taking care of dogs. I'll, I'll look it up. But that's the level that I'm almost, what's the words I'm looking for? I'm, I'm actually finding more positivity that you haven't come across it or heard of it. Because as we, as the Great Awakening meets the Great Reset in this battle that's coming, this this collision, if you will, the only way that um, the only way that we're going to have some sort of military intervention, in my opinion, is not one that comes. Think about our enemies. Our enemies have plotted this Great Reset for decades, decades. Some would say hundreds of years, but decades at least. And if we're going to counter that, if we're going to have any kind of altruistic force that's behind us, the people, it's not going to have any leaks. Think about Durham, right? How does the other side operate? They would leak, 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 and all the leaks would be false. And then all it was was content marketing for the media to keep the masses enthralled and hate Trump, hate Trump, hate Trump, right? Well, what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is no leaks, Durham, no leaks. So think about a classified force that's behind the people. They would be the most secret 
of secret. And when they move, they're not going to move inches over decades. They're going to plan inches over decades. And when they move, it's going to come in a one swell, uh, one, one fell swoop, if you will. That's me. That's my own little, you know, Q fan fiction, if you will, my own little positivity. But I do believe in that. I do believe, you know, I have hope. I have positivity that that's a possibility of this world. And unfortunately, it's all been whittled down to one organization of the military. So I, I'm sorry, Petunia, before, I can tell Petunia's on the line. Before you go, Petunia, I got to let Quid Vicious talk about the trains. Okay, so the other night, um, Spook had um, dropped a map of um, underground dumps for, um, that go from a base or from a reservation all over the place. And um, so it was the day that the Hoover Dam had um, that supposed um, transformer blew out, right? So I think it was a couple of days before that, um, there was um, a Twitter post that came across talking about Elon and how he's got this underground train under Vegas. Uh, so if you want to go for a ride, you can go on this train ride under Vegas. And so when I saw that um, map from Spooked and that transformer that day, um, oh, and on top of it, that same day, the Transformer Blue, I had read a, um, or I had listened to a, a rumble video about these, um, there's a geologist, um, he's, I think he's kind of pro, um, he seemed like he was pro, uh, like climate change kind of guy, and then the interviewer, but they were talking about, there's um, a tunnel that was made from Lake Mead to Vegas to divert the water there. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so <clears throat> I don't know if that's true or not. I ain't there. Um, but so the real question is, is Dave, um, like there's been a bunch of hype about um, some dumps being blown up and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, it's hard to, you know, unless you know somebody who knows something, it's like, eh, it's plausible, but you don't know. And so if they can speak to any of that. Well, the, uh, a lot of that stuff is conjecture. I can, uh, I can tell you of one location that I know of, um, Actually, two locations. I know of the one in North Dakota. I visited there when my father was a screw buyer for the Minuteman uh, missile project. He was a metallurgist and bought the screws for, you know, all the all the stuff they did with the, the missile launch stuff. Uh, that facility is huge. That is absolutely enormous. Now, uh, the Hoover Dam to Las Vegas, the Grand Coulee Dam. Uh, back a few years ago, they did dig a fifteen hundred foot deep. Uh, tube from uh, Lake Mead over to uh, Las Vegas to supply water to Las Vegas. And they're now reaching the entrance to that uh, tube. That's what the, the news has been about. 
Now, the other place that I know of is the 9-11th TAC in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and that's in the mountain. Uh, the Liberty Tubes has a, a missile launch facility in the Liberty Tubes, and there's also the 9-11th TAC, and uh, that's a uh, Pittsburgh International Airport is built over the top of an old quarry, and they didn't backfill the quarry. They built superstructure under the airport so there's uh, elevators that can take you all the way to the basement and as kids we used to go and play uh, free pinball in the basement there and that's why i know that facility uh, my father had a house there uh, in swickley and the kids you know a bunch of us kids would go over and press the elevator go down hit the keys and, and go down to the uh, pinball room play pinball but um that actually has an elevator like a uh, aircraft carrier and has tactical aircraft uh, underground it's it's a full air force base there 9-11 attack and don't forget about uh colorado um that deep underground military base i think uh made famous by the uh admiral who on 9-11 took a one hour uh hiatus in the middle of the decision-making time to send birds up and he chose to drove to drive to NORAD. Um, yeah. I can't think, I can't think of the base, but that's another one. Yeah. I've never got, to go, never got to go downstairs. I, I went through the airport. They got some crazy art there, but um, never got, went downstairs. There are, uh, there are concrete preformed structures on the outside. Um, that are the same type of structures that are in um, in the Pittsburgh area. So it, it's very possible that there's a bunch of stuff there. I hear the baggage claim is down there, but as far as you know, big stuff under there, I don't know. I, I have no knowledge of that. That's the one in Colorado, Denver Airport. Yeah, there's a no, no, I'm sorry. Springs, it was, uh, a, it was a, yes, Colorado Springs, Cheyenne Mountain. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Quinn Vicious. You and I are on the same yeah. page. Yes, I didn't mean to step on your toes. Yes. Oh, no worries. No worries. It's, it's, yeah, no, I never went into Cheyenne. Um, I do know there is a facility there. Yeah, they did put it in lockdown a couple of times recently. Uh, I'm talking about in the last 10 years, they've, they've had it in lockdown a couple of times. Now that's no rad. That's that facility. North American Area Defense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's where the uh, I can't remember his name, and he should live in infamy. Um, that's where the gentleman, when it was time to make decisions, decided to go on a one-hour drive uh, without a cell phone, and um, in the morning of nine eleven. Um, terrible, what? terrible situation. Petunia, you you were uh, you you undid your mic and you were going to say something. I want to give you the opportunity to chime in. Petunia, you had something you wanted to say. Uh, and Dave, uh, from this chat, I've been trying to live post within the the indecent disclosure chat. I do have some to-dos for you. One, I don't want to forget, it was probably an hour ago, but don't forget about our um, parameters and experiment for Sarah and I to do some uh, psychic tests, some psychic experiments. 
Yeah. So go yeah, be no, sure to go back yeah. and see that. I'll, I'll forward you guys some DMs tomorrow. I'll, I'll look them up. And uh, there's uh, cards I think you can get on on uh, Amazon that are standard set. There's actually okay. a standard for it. Uh, that's uh, well, SRI. Put those out in the 70s. And well, still we, appreciate, we appreciate the help. And I did, uh, I, in real time, I put a, uh, a link to Martin Armstrong and his yeah, soccer team website. Yeah. Great, great. Um anybody wants to we got red pilsner we got nimi who always has great questions uh i've known nimi for at least a year now um sarah if you want to chime in if you have any questions mj the host please if you want to speak up i'm going to mute the mic uh the way this thing works guys uh if somebody doesn't speak up in like 60 seconds that's going to trigger me uh, actually 30 seconds that's going to trigger me to start ending the chat so i'm going to mute my mic somebody wants to speak up ask a question raise a topic i mean we got jerome davison's been poisoned we've got all kinds of things going on in the world we haven't discussed uh please somebody if they want to speak up please do so so dave um the other night um tie up it's about the book the uh he said that he um, had his old book. He didn't give it back. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, uh, it's called uh, a Great the book, book of, of Life. Book. Yeah. Yeah. I still have that. It's got some interesting things in it. I need a picture of that because I'm trying to find it and see if it's, I can get it somewhere or find it on, on PDF or something. Gotcha. Because yep. when you made that post earlier, about um the the um something records kashik records or Kashyyyk something like record, that yeah. yeah i i felt uh, there was a part of me that's like oh my god it's like the book of life it's like it's that's not that the kashik records are not on pdf <laughs> no 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 that's <laughs> it, it's so it made me feel kind of you know, dumb so i'm like dang it's like one of the weirdest things that I ever experienced when I was a kid, I was 14 years old, and um, obviously I was being fed all kind of crazy stuff. But um, I was looking into uh, the pyramid power craze of uh, the mid-70s, okay? and uh, I built this... Uh, foam board uh, pyramid structure over my bed okay exact proportions and all that and i had an interesting experience um, i focused my eyes and I, I felt i think i fell asleep but uh at the uh the pinnacle of the pyramid from inside so i'm looking up and i see the cross i'm focusing my eyes on that and it was like I went into a room, okay? And in that room, there were bookshelves. And all I had to do was touch one of the bookshelves, one of the, the books in the bookshelf, and it would, like, flood whatever information was in there in, into me. So that was, like, a very bizarre thing. When the movie Matrix came out and they showed um, the, lot, the shelving, come flying when uh, Neo is talking with uh, 
the the black guy. I can't think what his character name was, but uh, Morpheus. Morpheus, yeah. Uh, Morpheus and Neo are inside this the simulation, and they showed the shelves. That was exactly what I saw, and it was like, holy crap, that is so cool. So, in my my opinion, that's probably what the Akashic record must look like, or something. But um, as far as being able to tap it, um, I don't know. I get I get interesting information when I flow. So, you know, a lot of times I'll uh, I'll find solutions to stuff, and I'm not even sure where those solutions come from. So, you know, it, it, I'm not talking about channeling. I'm talking about like all of a sudden it just makes perfect sense, and I can build things that normally wouldn't be able to. I love that you, uh, I love that you are a Christian and you found Christ. Um, but yet you still refer to things as flow, which speaks to my faith where I talk about, um, flowing with the universe and, uh, you know, following the universe. And there is there, that, that word flow is just so magical. And I really do appreciate you use things like that because it speaks to me directly so you know in talking about that jay it's um especially for us newer folks and i'm going to include myself in that you know you if you're raised either within within a um religion or or not it's to make that crossover, if you will, for lack of better word, from, um, so for me personally, I'm gonna speak, um, I was raised Catholic, um, but I've not denounced it, but it's like, I don't practice Catholic uh, religion anymore because- Good for you. Um, I, well, yeah, you know what, here's the deal. Um, at some point, um, due to life experiences and what whatnot, uh, I, I just made the conscious decision that I, I couldn't count on people. I couldn't count on anything. So I'm a woman unto my own island is what I said. So yeah. I, I pushed everything away um, and I even walked away from God. I did. Um, and... Um, later, um, I don't remember the exact may, quit, quit vicious, may, one thing. May I interrupt you? Maybe you Go walked ahead. away. Maybe you walked away from the avatar, but yet you were coming closer to God within your heart. Well, maybe you walked. May, yeah, and and so I don't want that to. I would just interject that, that maybe you weren't walking away from God. You were walking away from the structure, the panopticon that you were um, presented with that represented God. And you were finding your own faith within your heart, which I believe uh, uh, is outside of church structure. Right. So somebody might say Christ, um, as Dave might say, and Broken Anthem might say, you know, they, they find Christ as their savior. Um, whereas someone like myself speaks more um, about the universe and maybe the mathematics of it all. But yet what it's all about is that faith within your heart. Like if we, there are all kinds of people that will tell you what kind of Christians they are. 
George Bush <laughs> was elected uh, based on his uh, his outreach to the Christian community, right? How Christian is George Bush? Thing. Right? So I don't think you know, he is. How yeah, how Christian is the Pope? How Christian is the Pope? And he's supposed to be infallible, right? So I mean I don't mean to be blasphemous in that way, but the church as a construct, we can clearly see it's a corrupt institution. So and oh, what I've yeah. found is what I've found is people that accept Christ and they, they believe in Christ, that's within their heart. And what I've found oh. is I'm being respected by people like that, even though I tell them, hey, I don't accept Christ as my savior, but they can see that I have faith in my heart for what I believe in. And in many different ways, if we were to sit down and take mushrooms or smoke some pot over eight hours, we could figure out that we're all talking about the same thing, but it's all our own personal experience that we have faith in. It's all about the faith. And what's interesting is, the Jehovah's Witnesses taught me that. So people that might you might consider to be the most righteous, the most unhypocritical Christian faith, in my opinion, taught me to be confident in myself and my faith, even though I was rejecting what they were trying to show me, if that makes sense. Well, it does. So, um, um, I came, I, I went back to the Catholic Church because that's kind of like what I knew. And so, um, um, it's, it, you know what? I felt like a hole. Like I'm listening to this guy, you know, talk about Jesus, but like there's no, there's a lack of connection. And that went on. And eventually I just like, went to a non-denominational and and um you know you're just a christian and you, you accept that so i finally ended up at a bible-based church and it's all about um you know accepting jesus and that's that's your connection no matter what anybody says you know even the pastor is like you know like don't take my word for it it's like it's what's in the bible so um Anyway, so fast forward to now, um, you know, and looking all, at all these facade people like, oh, I'm a Christian or whatever. It's like, ugh, really? Um, but in learning about the, um, the, what is it? The, um, the spiritual aspect. And when we're talking about, you know, the two different um, constructs and things like that, um, I, I listened to, um, Ashiana, if I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but, um, Dean, I think Sarah, Sarah had, um, thrown that vid out and, um, you know what? It's like, it's, it's totally unlike anything I'd heard before. And at the same time, it makes sense to me. It makes sense. And. So, and trying to, to, so there's like a conflict sort of like, you know, what my mind says and what my spirit knows, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah, trying to grasp these, these different concepts and it's, um, it's cool. It's strange. 
um, it, there's a cause of, I feel somewhat apprehensive because it's unknown. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think but, that um, it's not about someone telling you. It's about how you find it internally within your own heart. Yeah, so um, it's, I'm, I'm, I've, I've actually gotten it back into doing what I used to love as a kid, which is reading. Um, I was that dork walking down the street chewing gum with my, my nose in a book and just walking. <laughs> like literally just walking and using my peripheral to navigate, um, just consuming books. And, um, Nothing like, you know, anything spectacular. Um, pretty much junk, as far as I'm concerned, because it had nothing to do with, you know, nourishing your 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 personhood or your spirituality. But um, yes, yeah, I'm, just like, I'm just like trying to devour information to where... Um, well, as you... We need to go. I, I, I'm just a dummy. I'm just a test dummy out here rocking on the terrestrial plane. But I would encourage as you consume information and seek outward that you also don't forget to just contemplate inward. And because I think that everything is clear with common sense and inward thought. Um, I think it's all there personally. Um, no, I whether, totally do what, that. Yeah, but, but pondering was like one of my favorite pastimes. It's just, you just, you know, it's it's almost it's it's not daydreaming, but it's just where you let your mind think, and it's I don't know how to describe it, but it's just where you just like, and it's not even like a trance. It's just like gazing, but you're you're gazing in your mind and just, you know, things just come to mind. And I know it sounds like stupid weird and I don't even care if anybody believes me or not, but it's like, I mean, I'm 10 years old and I hate my glasses. Um, and I was, at that time I was thinking, um, you know, it would be so cool to like miniaturize and put a lens just like right on top of your eye to where you can see where you don't have to wear glasses. And <laughs> that happens, you know, almost 20 years later, um, you know, they come out with contacts. So it's, it's those kinds of pondering things that um, one, I think that um, the TV and social media, especially TV is, um, has kind of um, well has has interfered with that inner that inner reflection that that ability to um, just let your mind um, connect, if you will, because that's what yeah. I think it, it was doing. It was it was connecting to thought, but somehow it gets inhibited. Yeah, it's a, there is a human. It's a very interesting thing, though, that we humans, I've uh, talked with and I've debated with Dave 
over decentralization versus centralization and um, these nodes of communication. And I've been disappointed sometimes when I see syncophantic behavior uh, surrounding um, people, humans. Like, like, for some reason, we all need somebody to tell us, somebody to speak to. And as much as Dave is a, is a wonderful guy and he's bringing like himself to the party, I don't anoint him on some infallible like pedestal. He he's a guy. He's 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 a peer to me. Uh, we all have different skills and different talents that we bring, but I think it's very important that we all understand that we are powerful beings ourselves, and that desire to anoint someone is part of the problem that's got us to the position we are in our corrupt society. MJ mentioned red stringers earlier. All that is is people that weren't willing to dig themselves going to other people to hear those people tell them what the truth was about Q, what the truth is about the world. And I think it's so important that we, uh, that we participate with each other and we don't like um, platform each other uh, as if they're higher. I, and I would think that Dave would say, absolutely, he's not higher than anyone, um, that he's participating. That's his whole point of coming out of the woodwork is to participate with us. Can you guys see my uh, uh, little tag I have under my name on the uh, interface you have? Well, he's just this guy, you know? <laughs> well, he's just this guy, you know? <laughs> That's how we have to think of everyone. You know, it, it, one of the reasons why I travel... In these uh, what i call billionaire bingo is i've never had the experience of fandom i've never been a fan of anybody and i, I can understand it but i still i just i i've never and it's not like oh yeah nobody's worthy no it's it's like everybody's just everybody you know i i i almost detest i almost detest fandom um, I'll tell you when I was a young man, something different than fandom is someone that you can look up to and is a mentor. We need mentors, but it seems like people are uh, quick to become fans without that connection. And uh, an example I'll give uh, down in your uh, neck of the woods, Dave, um, when I was a young man, I saw uh, Florida State football and they had a coach. This was in the, in the mid 80s. His name was Bobby Bowden, and the way he talked, it was it was just he spoke to me, and I, I wouldn't have understood the psychic connection back then, but I mean I saw someone who was just genuine and raw, and he spoke in plain spoken terms, and he became almost like a father figure to me um, as I grew up, and of course what was wonderful was Florida State University football had 11 years of being in the top four, so they were relevant. So I kept paying attention to Bobby Bowden. He had one of the longest runs of any coach, but I never, I think to my point, you don't anoint someone um, as a fan 
you but it's okay to find mentorship within um spiritual or father figure or uh, mother figure type characters i'm i'm three drinks in now so i apologize if my words are not uh coming in a fluid way um, but it, I, I think it's wonderful that I was basically saying Dave should not be anointed. And then he points out that he's got his uh, his logo underneath that says, well, he's just this guy, you know. Is that from a movie? Uh, I think all of us uh, at one point of our lives uh, face death or even before we got here, we asked to be here or to remain here. And when you get your head around that, that's actually something very cool. Uh, all of us wanted to be here. I'm not talking about this chat, I'm talking about this time in the space-time continuum. Uh, we all decided to be here now. So that part of it is, is something that's always very cool to look at. And when you look at it that way, we're all here because we either have something to give or something to create. And all of us need to be creating. I actually believe that's true. And and that's one of, and I believe that because that was one in one of my pondering things, um, pander, pondering, pandering, pondering moments where you just kind of like let your mind just like I said, wander and you ask, you ask yourself like questions, like, you know, why am I here? And, and it's like, um, I truly believe that we did choose to be here because it kind of goes into that, um, that the concept of reincarnation, which I don't know that I 100% believe reincarnation. Um, and the, uh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to make myself cry. No, I'm not going to cry. So, like the babies that get aborted, it's like, um, it makes me sad um, that their life was exterminated. And I can only hope and believe that they come back at some other point. I don't know. I know that was kind of like a creepy, weird, um, not creepy, but weird, weird thing. But, um, but, but I do believe that we do, we did make that choice. But, you know, I went to a seminary when I was a kid. That's where I was hosted. Um, what's funny is uh, the Catholic Church has what they teach people are going to become priests and what they teach the, the flock. And they taught us that um, children that were either stillborn or uh, were aborted became cherubellum. And my thought on that was those would be some mighty pissed off things, wouldn't they? Yeah. It was just <laughs> that, you know, not making light of it, but um, if they are the ones who didn't have a chance to be here, I think they would be very, very angry. I don't know that they would be angry because God is love. And even though their lives were taken, um, that 
they would be fierce. Um, they would be a fierce, or you know, like a force to be reckoned with, um, but in love. Um, Granted, you're right on that. Yep. Um, well, you, I, I didn't catch. I, I uh, when I jumped on Tories today, um, I, I caught in just the middle of um, <clears throat> the um, of of the discussion between um, about Satan and uh, and the Garden of Eden and all that, and um, I think at one point it um, it touched, you know, maybe not, maybe. This is something from something else, but um, kind of for me, um, at some point um, earlier today, it was, um, and I used to think, you know, we have all these religions, we have all these people, so what makes anyone more right over the other? It's like, it, it can't. So that was like another reason why um, I left the Catholic Church, because it's like this is not the only way and plus you can't explain to me why we do all the things that we do um all the the kneeling and the standing and it's like it's super ritualistic and it's like it makes no sense so when i'd ask questions nobody had answers so i'm like yeah i was that annoying kid who constantly asked questions why why, 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 how does this work? What's that for? Um, it has to make sense to me or I don't buy into it. I think you, uh, I think you said it right there, ritualistic. I, I rejected it at the age of four and, um, and I don't mean to disparage Catholics, but I mean, with, with, the, with the understanding of history that we have, I mean, the, it's clear that the teachings of Christ and the teachings of the Bible are not present within the um, experiences of the church. And and it it pains me. I, I, uh, most of the NPCs I know uh, are they, they go to church. They go to church every Sunday. I don't think they have any idea what they're doing when they go to church. I think they're networking. They're basically, they're, they're just human marketers, but um, I don't see a lot of in-depth thought there. I have a friend that um, I was talking with him about the, uh, the coronavirus vaccines, and I was trying to give him information, and I was talking to him about not getting the vaccine, about understanding his risk profile, that it's actually higher to take the vaccine in terms of his risk than to not than to just get the coronavirus and he uh meditated I, I sorry that's my term he prayed with his um catholic priest and he decided to get it he spoke to his brother who was a john hops hopkins heart surgeon and his priest and he decided to get it well he's gotten four boosters at this point he's, he's up on his he's up to date and I'm terrified for him. I don't, I don't really talk to him much anymore, um, even because he had all the mental acuity to understand the situation, and yet he followed the words of other people instead of understanding through himself. And I think that that's the trick, right? That's the test, is you have to 
look within yourself and follow what you know what's in your gut versus what other people tell you even smart people i know a guy well he's my brother-in-law super freaking smart and it's like you know well he investigate he checks out everything like um but it's like and he still took it and it's like uh, he's a germaphobe too but um yeah it just um still took it and it's like it's crazy it's just, it boggles my mind how you can well, be so freaking smart i'm i'm not gonna say i'm dumb as a rock but it's like i don't have phd behind my name i didn't you know spend you know i'm not none of that it's well but quit vicious quit like, vicious let me let me ask you a question is is the person you were just talking about is he successful in this matrix world uh what well, yeah. yeah yeah good house good house family all that well my friend also is one of the smartest people i know and he's all boosted up and what i've been able to theorize uh by knowing these people i'm very outgoing so i know i know a lot I, let's just say this i pay attention to a lot of people and what i've been able to theorize is is they hate trump they get the booster because they are afraid to rock the apple cart they're afraid to lose what they have and therefore, they are the major weapons behind the perpetuation of the control structure because they've had success within the control structure and they are afraid to lose it. And therefore, they go along out of fear of losing what they have. I am a weirdo. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in some strange minority in the fact that I've had MJ is this way as well. We've had success within the matrix world. We're very comfortable within the matrix world. Uh, we have a family, we have large houses. We, you know, we've got all the monikers of this happy American life, but yet we reject the structure that we've become successful within because we can see it's corrupted. And it's, I think that that's a difficult, so, intelligence isn't necessarily that doesn't um correlate to guts or bravery and i'm not i'm not calling myself those things i don't mean to place that but what i'm saying is seeing other people in my theories i think that they're afraid to lose what they have they want they want the matrix to continue because they're afraid of challenge they're afraid well, of well it's comfortable right it's comfortable comfortable yes people 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 are not willing to step outside their comfort zone and that's what it's all about um yes. well, that's part of what it's about is comfort zone um yeah i mean it's like it's it, it might take me a little bit and it's like you know what it's like let's do it it's like what's Here's my philosophy on anything. What's the worst thing that can happen? All right, let's go. Let's do and, it. And I think um, Chris G, Chris G is an entrepreneur. Um, MJ and her family are entrepreneurs. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, Dave's a serial entrepreneur, even though he doesn't get credit for it. Uh, in entrepreneurialism, you have to basically step off a cliff. You have to step off a cliff without any safety wires 
I like to I like to say I've always said this is you jump off the cliff without without knowing if your parachute is going to work. And for some, they're able to survive and adapt and learn and grow their business or survive. In others, they go splat, they go splat against the wall. But you know what? They still jumped off the cliff and tried. And I think that those people that we're talking about, they're terrified of looking at the edge of the cliff. Maybe they've been comfortable, like you say, comfort. They've been comfortable all their lives. And so they just go along. And that is part of the problem we have. Look at how corrupted, how captured Australia is. They've gone along with everything. And it's it's so bizarre that that nobody stepped to the edge of that cliff to challenge the system. They were squashed down. The police brutalized people there. Um, and yet the police are heralded as heroes. And it's all for that, what we talked about earlier, to tie it back earlier in the discussion, that greater good corruption. For the greater good, mm -hmm. we're squashing, we're hurting individuals who are standing at the edge of the cliff, unafraid, full of faith. They're squashing the people that are full of faith to try to force them into the woke faith, the faith of the, of the, of the government the faith of the quote-unquote greater good, the faith of the marketing. And we have to speak up. We have, in whatever polite ways we can, just continue to help people see um, that there is freedom, that the freedom isn't, the freedom isn't um, a tattoo on Chris's back. It's, it's internally, it's being unafraid. It's being filled with faith within your heart. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying you have to accept Jesus. I don't. It, it's just being filled with faith in yourself in stepping forward and doing the right thing. Yeah, that's a hard one for people because they don't, they think that following the rules. I mean, look at the freaking schools. It's like, I live in a, um, in a town where it's like, there's a lot of people who claim to be Christian and it's like, so, you know, like I've seen you in church. It's like, so why are we going along with this program here? Cause it ain't right. And it's like, well, I got to do what I, you know, got to do. I got to follow the rules. And it's like, <laughs> no, you don't. It's like, whose rules are they? They're, you know, what from the national education association because you know they they went and asked you know the um, biden admin to to make this quote unquote rule it's like so you're going to follow it without even questioning it it's like it's ridiculous and then come to find out which is like hilariously a joke is uh, ferrara's um daughter wrote the um paper that she's basing these stupid fucking mandates on pardon my french but it's like you, you want to like lock everybody down again and make them wear masks based off of this piece of shit it's like no it's, it's she's, she's getting called out which is like so exciting to see um yeah but anyway it's just it's it's uh i never in my life would have thought that this clown world would even exist in the way that it does. 
never. I could have never imagined it. Like yeah. never. But the, but you know what? If you look back over your life, the signs were always there. Um, think about the children that were murdered in Waco. Um, think about the corruption that we've seen our entire lives. Um, the the fake only stories. Now, the fake only stories now and, do I see that is is having been alive, especially with all these shootings. Oh my God! Knew someone was on the news today at Santa Monica um, College, and he's um, he's made this bill, and I don't even know what it is, because I have to look it up, but he's talking about, so they've gathered these people who, there was five people apparently killed, supposedly, and I'm going to say supposedly because, you know, the fake-ass news, it's like, you don't know if these people existed or not, just like um, people have looked for death certificates for those kids who supposedly died at Sandy Hook and there's nothing. Um, the kids have been seen on TV. So it's like, so I say supposedly and it's not to, it's not to deny it. It's not to, um, I just, I am not 100% convinced. But anyway, he's using these people um, from, uh, I think it was like 2012, or 2013 from a shooting that happened there to make a ban on supposedly ghost guns, which is like, that shit's already illegal. So what exactly are you pushing in this bill? But they had to spend, you know, half an hour toting these supposed, um, he didn't want to call them victims, he called them survivors. He had to correct himself and somebody corrected him um, to make this. And they got their little Kleenexes and crap and it's like, oh, what a show. It's like, it, it, it was just a show to, to, you know, like, oh, look at me. And it's like, you're just trying to vie for the presidency is all you're trying to do. So, and be relevant. So anyway, it's, I forget where I was going with that because he annoys the shit out of me. But um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Oh, you're doing great. I appreciate I appreciate the discussion. Um, I hate that when we, it happens. We we've uh, we've gone we've gone very um, oh what's the word I'm looking for? We've taken the opportunity to interview Dave once again, which is always wonderful to do. Did anybody um, listen to my podcast about Dr. John McGreevy's recent arrest and the turmoil with uh, John here to help, aka Ryan Darkwhite, aka Dr. John McGreevy? Um, in that situation, does anybody have anything to say on that? The other topic that's been um, in esoteric news that's surrounding MJ and the indecent disclosure chat um, is Jerome Davison um, possibly being poisoned and Austin Steinbart basically calling for war against the FBI and CIA and saying he's going to hire, hire Pizas to... Um, with diplomatic immunity to kill CIA and FBI. Very bizarre um, things that have happened within the last 48 hours. Um, does anybody have anything to say on that? I'll, I'll, I'll mute my mic and uh, see if that triggers anybody to, to bring up anything. <laughs> 